God's plan, we've got to follow it. We want the results, but we've got to follow the plan. We've got to follow the plan. So number one, uh, God's uh, faith has to be taught in the home. And mom and dad, that's your responsibility. Ultimately, dad, that's your responsibility. Dads, that's your responsibility. It's yours. And you've got you've to own that. You can't relegate that to your wife. Corporately, collectively, you and your wife should be on the same page. But as the head of the house, you will stand before the Lord for your family. And we've got to make sure that we are standing. Number two, realize the world wants your children. We are so passive. Somehow we think, the, well, the world won't get my kids. I wish all of us could say that we don't know anybody who's the devil got their kids. The world wants our kids. And there isn't anything funny about that. Zero. There is a battle going on for our youth. Go back to Daniel. Daniel chapter number one. Daniel chapter one, and look with me at verse number three. Daniel 1, verse 3, And the king spake to Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring uh, certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish. The world wants the best. Let me tell you, the best are right here. And the devil wants them. The world wants them. Don't let the devil get them. The world wants our children. The world wants to gain them uh, and take them and use them for their own purpose. The world shouldn't get them. So out of, out of these four, and I mentioned uh, this already, but Daniel and Shad, uh, Daniel, uh, whose name was given to him as, as Belteshazzar, and then Hananiah was called Shadrach, and Mishael was Meshach, and, uh, and Azariah was given a, a Babylonian name of uh, Abednego. And da isn't it ironic that the only one that we know as Daniel, the Hebrew name, it's only Daniel. Even though these young men stood, there's something about that referencing to them was always with their Babylonian name in Scripture. When we look at Daniel, it, he was still called Daniel, whose name the king gave Belteshazzar. 
And when they went back to check him, art thou this Daniel? They didn't ask him if he was Belteshazzar. There was something about Daniel that was his Hebrew. He did not lose his identity as a believer. And I'm not saying uh, that uh, the other three Hebrew boys did, but I'm just saying that they, were, they are even still recognized as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego instead of their Hebrew names. Uh, and, and that just, as I look at that, I wonder why uh, they are referred to uh, by the king uh, and by the, the Babylonians. They are always called by the Babylonian name, but only Daniel was, was referred referred to by uh, his Hebrew name. The devil, the world, wants your children. Number three, parents don't give in to your kids for peace. Now, those of you that have small kids, it's easy to say amen. Hang on. When they become teenagers, it's a different ballgame. And, and I'm not giving any excuse. I am just saying that when the children become teenagers, that's when mom and dad cave. I've been at this a long time. I've seen it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, when the children become teenagers, pastor doesn't. There's a problem. Pastor's got a problem. He's not seeing things right. Sunday school teacher, you know, they're just not doing things right. Why? Because the teenagers are talking. That school teacher, well, you know, I can't really trust the school teacher now. You better be careful. Because you allow them to undermine the other authorities. You just hang on because they're coming after you next. We, you cannot give in for peace. Now, men, look at me. We want peace. The state, statement goes on, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And for peace, we will give mama just about anything mama wants. But it's not just mama that we give in to. We better grab a hold of our faith. We better figure out what we believe and why. And we better make sure that we don't move. Just because your kids became teenagers does not mean that you need to start giving in. That's when the battle starts. Those of you that have terrible twos, you ain't seen nothing yet. But if you stand for truth, and you know what you believe, and you know why you believe what you believe, and you can, you can convey what you believe, then all of a sudden, there isn't much argument about it. 
somebody is going to rule your home. Somebody's going to. But it should not be the kids. You say, Pastor, do you not love the kids? I love the kids. But I want them as adults to enjoy life. I want them as adults to be able to have principles to live by and to know what is right and what is wrong. And if, and if we as, as mentors and as parents, if we are not setting those boundaries for them and helping give them the tools when they are on their own, they are going to make a mess. We got to grab a hold of this. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. He said, Well, I just don't want to argue anymore. Then don't argue. I'm looking at two of my kids tonight. <laughs> and we did not always see eye to eye on things. But we didn't give in. And with that, we get, to, we get to enjoy a lot of blessings. You're, you're, still, in the, you're still in the mix of trying to raise your kids in your home. You don't have all the answers. You say, Pastor, how did you do it? Because I listened to the people that were before me telling me not to change, not to give in because my kids were teenagers. My pastor would get up and he would say things about that. And I remember thinking, well, my kids will never do that when they're teenagers. <laughs> Until they were teenagers. There, there are people that have experienced more than, we, than what you have experienced. Take the guidance. Take it. Our faith, number one, has to be taught at home. Number two, we have to realize the world wants our children. Number three, parents don't give in for peace. Number four, parents be personally involved in ministry. If it doesn't matter for you to be involved, it won't matter for them at all. Be personally involved. Go back to Deuteronomy. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. We're just bouncing back and forth here a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse number 3. Hear therefore, O Israel... And observe to what? Do it. He didn't say observe it. He didn't say watch. He said do. 
do it. Hear therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, all the blessings that are available to you, you have to personally be involved. If you want to enjoy the blessings, you've got to engage. Be personally involved in ministry. Go soul winning. Go soul winning. Vital. I mean, if our faith isn't important enough to tell somebody else about, then why is it important enough to come to church? Let's be honest. I mean, if hell really doesn't exist, then why any of this? It's only then just picking and choosing what I like. Be involved. Don't be a, don't be a spectator. Go soul winning. Get on a bus route. The best place for your children to serve is in the bus ministry. Amen. You know why? Because they will see the brokenness of families without God. It will give them an awareness of what they have. You know, our kids are so blessed. They are blessed. I want them to be blessed. You want them to be blessed. But I don't want them to be spoiled. We want them to understand what they have been given, the value that is there. The Christian home is valuable. It's important. It's important. And all the blessings that come from doing things God's way, they should see that they get to enjoy those blessings and they should also be able to see when people don't follow those, those blessings, how it breaks apart and how life fractures. What does that do? That helps them in their mind set some own, their own boundaries and they say, man, I don't want to do that. Why? Because I've seen what happens there. You need to be serving. Get your kids serving. We think that somehow our kids are just going to one day wake up and be dedicated followers of Christ. And if we're not, if we're not training them to be that, they will not. Lastly, pray. Pray. And I'm not saying pray lastly as in that's last resort. I'm saying we need to make sure that we're praying. 
I wonder about the prayer life of Daniel's parents. When he left, he was taken away. I don't know if they were killed. I don't know what the scenario was. But they never saw him again. Think about it. We don't know when we will have the last opportunity to invest in our kids. Now all of a sudden, Daniel, these other Hebrew boys, they were all taken away, never to return. Yet some of them stuck, stuck by the faith. They're heroes of the faith now. But they didn't become heroes of the faith without somebody investing in them. There was a mom, there was a dad that was pouring their faith into those kids. There was somebody that was praying for them. There was somebody that was investing. And you might not be able to see it right now. Those that are a little bit older, uh, it is easy for us to see. But that, that investment right now in your kids is not just determining their future, it is determining your grandchildren's future. If your kids don't go to church, what is the chance of your grandchildren being saved? That's powerful. If we're not going to pour into them, what's the chance of them surviving? Statistics are showing great numbers of young people are walking out of the church never to come back. Brother Rick, we've been talking. We've been, we're praying for comebacks. Amen. We're praying for comebacks. I'm not praying for troublemaker comebacks. I'm praying for comebacks. People that have just slid away a little bit and, and they just need to come back and get back in church and get their life back in order. Uh, I'm praying that God is going to bring some people back. I'm praying for some of the young people that have gone away. Uh, the Lord will draw them back. Uh, but the reality is we've got to do what we can. And it's not just the parents Grandparents, let's do what we can. Sunday school teachers, youth workers, everybody pulling together to try, try to invest in these young people and help them see what God has for them. These Gen Zers were asked, since 51% said that Happiness was the number one goal. They were asked, what does happiness look like? And they put some pictures in front of them. And they went through and picked. There was a picture of a man standing there 
with $100 bills in his, in his hand. And he had about 10 $100 bills. Money and success were number one. 43%. That's what happiness looks like. 23% pick someone standing there with a diploma from a college. Education. Money. Education. Get this. Number three. A picture of a family. A husband, a wife, children. Number three. That's terrible. You know what? Family, what a blessing. But more than a family, I want money. More than family, I want the prestige of an education. So 20% chose family, marriage, and kids. 8% chose spiritual relationship with young. 8%. 6% was a diet, health. God just beat a diet. That's tragic. Who's influencing our kids? Listen, my kids weren't interviewed. I wonder if they were. You see, these these influencers... They are, they are on these devices. They're on the devices. And parents, if you are not technically savvy, your kids have no business with a device. If you can't figure out how to monitor it, they shouldn't have it. Well, pastor, I trust my kids. Let's see how that works. And I do. I trust, I trust my kids. But there is a responsibility to be wise. I'm not saying that we treat our kids like there is no value, there is no trust. But there are some things you don't trust them with. I did not give David the keys to a car when he was 13. Could he have driven at 13? I'm sure he could have figured it out. But it would not have gone well for anybody. We have got to be honest enough with ourselves to say, listen, there is too much, there's too much 
on that little device. And all of the influences that can show up on this thing, the amount of pornography that is right here. You see, all my kids wouldn't look at it. You know that's a lie. We, we have got to be wise. The internet, when our kids were home, 10 o'clock, the Wi-Fi shut down. But it didn't really matter because they didn't have access to it. But in case I didn't know and they got up, it was all shut off. They got a cell phone when they started driving. And that was so we could know where they were at. And if they needed us, they could call us. Texting was turned off. Internet was turned off. Well, internet comes on everything. Yep, and internet gets turned off of everything. Texting got turned on when they went to college. Oh, pastor, you are so old-fashioned. Yep. You like it. Amen. And that's what we have to realize is the devil's after our kids. And I don't want to give them a tool for the devil to use in their life. You know what? They did okay. They're, but nobody could text them. They'd be all right. How many of you did not grow up with a cell phone? All right. Did you survive? Was your, did your parents, were they still able to get in touch with you? Yeah. Don't, don't buy all of this, these lies. Don't buy the garbage. There's, there's so much that gets spun, and we give our kids tools that the devil uses in their life. We've got kids that are addicted to video games. We've got adults that are addicted to video games. We got to get that right. We don't want to put tools in our kids' hands. Why? Because we want the Lord to use them. We want their life to be blessed. One illustration and I'm done. Several years ago, I was sitting in my office and I had somebody knock on the front door. There wasn't anybody else here. And I went over and it was a, it was a uh, service technician for one of the internet companies. It was a, a phone company. He came into the office and this man said, Pastor, what do I do? I've got six children. My wife is addicted to video games. 16 hours a day, she plays World of Warcraft. 16 hours a day. 
He said, I get up, I go to work, I have to leave work and come home and wake the kids up, get them dressed, get them breakfast, get some of them to school, change the baby's diaper. I go back to work and I have to come home, feed the baby, feed the toddler, change diapers, go back to work, go to school, get, my, get the other kids, get them home, change diapers, go back to work, come home every single day. I said I would cut off that internet. He said I did and she beat my baby with a cord. You know, we always think that we are the absolute exception. It'll never happen to me. Devil's real. Devil's real. We better quit acting as though we are the exception and start putting the work in that it takes to raise a family for God. It's work. Our work does not begin or does not end when we leave work. The most important work and the most important job that we do, it begins when we check out of work and we go home. That's when the real work begins. How? How does my faith work in today's world? There are so many obstacles, so many distractions. We've got to be purposeful. Let's work at our homes. Let's build our faith. Let's develop faith in our children. And let's let them enjoy the blessings that God has for them. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. I pray that you'd just speak to our hearts and, uh, Lord, give us direction. Lord, all of us. And, Lord, we all fail in so many ways. And I look back at even uh, rearing our children and things that I could have done better. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just realize we've got one shot at it. And help us to do our very best. I pray that you would bless our moms, our dads, and, uh, Lord, help the home and, Help us as a ministry, Lord, to really invest in the family unit. And so I pray that you'd work. Uh, speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, instruments are going to play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you come. Probably be pretty good if moms and dads and kids came and prayed together. How about it, dads? Let's take that spiritual leadership. Those of you that don't have children yet, right now you still have to work on what your home is going to be like. Don't think just because you don't have children that you don't have to work on this thing called faith.
How does my faith work in today's world? Grandmas and grandpas, let me encourage you to pray. Try to encourage your kids. Love you. Have yourself a good week. We're praying for you. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. God bless. Have a good night.